Hi, my name is Kim Weeks, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Practicing Well. I'm launching this podcast for some reasons I want to tell you about in this introduction to the podcast, because I want to give you a sense of what kinds of conversations I'm after, what kinds of guests I'll be bringing on to have those with, and what I ultimately hope will be the benefit to you for listening. So first, the name of the podcast, it's about two words, practicing and being well. For me, and for most of the people I'll be bringing on to the podcast, at least in the beginning, the word well comes from the experience of being still in the practice of yoga. You can practice just about anything, of course, and you can also be still. But the art, science, and philosophy of practicing stillness is at the core the practice of yoga. And at the core of being still is being well and feeling wellness in your body. What I've found after 30 minutes of practicing yoga is that becoming and being still in your own mind is really where the wellness happens. Another reason I'm launching this podcast today in October of 2022 is because of COVID. This pandemic has accelerated a ton of intersections in society that just keep pushing at me and making me wonder and wanting to explore what kind of impact yoga can have on society if it is practiced in a high quality, reflective, science-backed, and relatively rigorous way by more people. I've called the podcast Practicing Well because there are so many aspects of yoga practice that can bring you to stillness. In other words, there are many contemplative practices within yoga. It's not just about the poses. It's about so many other aspects of the practice of cultivating a state of peace and freedom that is intrinsic to the body-mind complex. What we explore in this podcast is what practice does to bring someone to this place or this state. The podcast is also sourced directly from conversations I've been having for the past several years in the yoga world on several different also intersectional topics that you'll hear coming up over and over again. First, I've been having conversations for the last year and a half or so on yoga lineage. In other words, what is yoga lineage? Where does yoga come from? And does that matter? As well as from other conversations prior to the yoga lineage channel, basically on the scientific research on yoga and mindfulness. This podcast practicing well is also sourced indirectly from class after class, client conversation after client conversation that I've been having with my organization and on my teaching platform. As the founder of the mission-driven organization Weeks Well, our mission, my mission is to foster transformation. And my organization, we seek to cultivate that and achieve that through a relentless inquiry into what high-quality science-backed an equity rooted yoga practice looks like. Now that last piece is extremely important because we 
especially since COVID as an organization and I, as a content creator and provider have been digging deeply into how to foster transformation through the conversation of yoga and equity. So that will also come up in this podcast in many ways, if not explicitly entire podcast devoted to that conversation. So I've been working in the yoga industry and community for more than 20 years, and I've been practicing for 30. So not only how I arrived here at this point in time, but also the way I came to yoga is something I want to tell you about because it informs what I'm doing in this podcast. I came to yoga through my job on Wall Street at JP Morgan, which I had right after graduating from college at the University of Virginia. I grew up in Kentucky. So going to UVA was relatively far from home, more culturally than in terms of the distance, even though it was still almost a thousand miles. And then landing in New York after that, um, was another big step. And from New York to London and to Hong Kong, where I also lived and Japan, there were just a lot of places where I lived and sort of reinvented myself and had to root in and learn how to manage the daily stresses of a very like literally high flying life. I was always in planes with a practice like yoga. I had taken it with me to all of these different cities where I lived. It's a very portable practice. I had managed to find books in every city I was in without really knowing that's what I was beginning to cultivate in terms of a practice of wellness. And when September 11th happened, by that time, I was working back in New York for Merrill Lynch and the building I had worked in crumbled to the ground. And I was in a complete state of shock, like millions, billions of us. And I realized that I was in a place personally and professionally and emotionally that I couldn't really tolerate anymore. And so a few months later, I just decided to leave the corporate world with no job and some savings and to explore this yoga thing. I had been changing myself. And so I thought, why not teach others? I understood even then that I was making a huge shift and a huge change, but I also understood and still understand that my experience, having gone through the corporate world, having gone through this sort of high achieving performative lifestyle, lifestyle helps me meet people where they are, particularly those who are in that kind of a place and more directly and immediately be able to give people tools to balance the stresses that continue in their lives if they you know, continue on in stressful jobs. So in 2002, I became a studio owner. And soon after that, a lead teacher trainer at my yoga studio, Boundless Yoga. And this is an important dynamic that we'll ex kind of explore in this podcast, how it is in the yoga world that someone can without any real credentials, open a yoga studio and still further with very few credentials become a head teacher trainer because this has created generation after generation after generation of yoga teacher since the boom we've experienced in America anyway, in the nineties of yoga teachers who seem to be farther and farther from where the source of yoga may or may not be. So I'll get to that in just a second. So I found myself after 13 years of running a yoga studio, uh, facing again, 
a difficulty of practicing wellness. I was balancing two young children, new motherhood, my husband traveling internationally uh, on a regular basis. And as I was also teaching and training and leading all of these programs and growing a yoga studio, I all of a sudden realized I wasn't doing any practice myself. Well, I was certainly practicing, but the practice I was doing was in the service of serving others instead of restoring my own self. And so I realized that if that practice wasn't for anybody's, wasn't for my benefit, it wasn't going to be for anybody else's benefit, especially if I wasn't practicing in order to be a better mom, a better wife, a better professional in the world, at least a more embodied one in all of those cases. So I pieced out of the yoga world because ironically, it made me unwell. <laughs> it made me practicing unwell. And I waited until I had recovered myself to launch another business, which is now this one, Weeks Well, the little engine behind this podcast and all the work I do today. My family and I, in the interim, very recently last year, also made a values and lifestyle-based decision to move to Denver, Colorado. So here I am today, a teacher, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, and a consultant in this space. And the podcast, Practicing Well, as I said, is evolving from these other projects that I've been doing since before the pandemic started. So I want to make a couple of notes about those because they come from so many conversations that I have had with yoga teachers around the world since 2019, as I hosted and moderated more than 70 presentations on the scientific research on yoga with my colleague Sapir Khalsa at Harvard. Aside from these conversations, which occurred during uh, lockdown, being such an ec excellent balm for those of us seeking to figure out how yoga could help not just get us out of such a panic-driven, disease-focused experience, it gave us the opportunity to focus basically on anything else. It also gave us time, these teachers and me, these, this sort of audience that we, that we sort of, this community that we built together, develop a conversation on like how yoga can matter more to people than it already does via a quality science-backed conversation of how yoga benefits people. And the other thing that I learned in being exposed to these yoga teachers is that so many weren't quite sure where their practices came from, where their lineages came from. And this is what I said just a minute ago, that after so many different quick generations of yoga teachers being essentially birthed out of yoga studios, needing the additional revenue stream of teacher training, in addition to the regular weekly classes and workshops being offered. What we have now in our self-regulating yoga community and market is teachers who have difficulty tracing back their lineage, the line from what they teach in a yoga class and why to any source with efficacy. I'm borrowing a term from scientific research now, where if you have a yoga lineage that's been practiced for hundreds of years, you have certain types of practices and techniques that can actually be identified and measured. So if we're able to do that, then we 
may be able to find the specific ways that yoga can help specific populations all over the world with specific things going on for themselves. So I decided from the scientific research on yoga to begin to explore what yoga lineage is and why it matters. Now, I want to say yoga as a term comes from the Sanskrit yug, which is a word that addresses or talks about the harnessing or the yoking, the making union of the unifying of disparate sources inside the body and more specifically inside the mind. And so when we talk about yoga, we talk about the stilling of the modifications or the fluctuations of the mind. You know, originally I thought about calling this podcast practicing still, but I like practicing well because inside of this well, wellness is stillness. And that is the practice of yoga, the definition of yoga itself, yoking or uniting these sort of high flying kind of, you know, disunified parts in your mind, in your body and elsewhere. So what I would really like to do in this podcast is to ground the conversation of yoga, of the expansion of the group of people, of the concepts around the high quality, reflective, rigorous, and scientifically oriented practices that can increasingly have impact. So I finally want to say three last things about yoga that about this podcast, about practicing well, that I'd like to explore. And the first is about how the entertainment making of yoga, the sort of explosion in the media of the images of yoga are holograms, representations of the practice, but they are not the practice. And I worry that these images provide or give a sort of misinterpretation or misunderstanding of the fact that yoga practice is fundamentally, exclusively an offline activity. Absolutely, we do the practice in groups, we do it with each other. But as a recent guest I had on the podcast um, said, yoga is fundamentally about you and your own internal world. It's about applying these things that you learn from books, that you learn from other people, you learn from teachers that you take to your own quote, Matt. <laughs> Matt is just a metaphor for a place that you set up for yourself to plumb the depths of your internal world. And necessarily when you're doing a selfie, necessarily when you're scrolling, necessarily when you're engaging in media, you are not inside yourself, you are outside yourself. And so I want to talk about how we can recover some of this wellness and stillness and the practice of going to these places from this podcast. I think there's a way that we can really develop a community in Sanskrit. It's called Sangha community around practice of whatever kind, how can we practice? Well, it's not just for us. It's for the world. 
And so this then leads into the second thing that I've already referenced in this introduction, which is that practicing well has to also be about yoga and equity. How can we foster transformation in ourselves around the concept of freedom and stillness and this peaceful state of mind that we seek to be in when there are so many outside of us without the resources and the time to practice the same yoga remains among householders. Householders is a concept you hear kind of bandied about in yoga, which means people that have jobs and, you know, sort of fit yoga in around the rest of their responsibilities. If you're able to do, if you're able to practice yoga in today's world, you have privilege and status, frankly, that many don't, and therefore don't have the resources to practice yoga. So how can we make this practice available and to create space for people without the resources and potentially the time? Again, my colleague, uh, Satbir Khalsa at Harvard has a lot to say about this and how ultimately the practice of yoga as it occurs today is a form of racial and social injustice because it is only for a few. So we'll be diving into that and connected from number two to number three is another equity-based conversation that I find so interesting. And I even envisioned this podcast before the Dobbs decision, but now I want to name and to ground the fact that the expansion, explosion really, of the yoga practice and community in the United States was exactly intersectional with the Roe years. So during this time, among other civil rights influences being awoken to in society, women found themselves with a tremendous amount of power and to do with our bodies what we wanted, uh, time power, resources, and yoga has provided us the opportunity to relax our minds and our hearts while strengthening our bodies outside of the metallic, patriarchal, performative gym culture. Yoga also creates in the way that we have evolved it as a vast majority of women in the practice. You've got still sort of an 80%, 20% skew in the data of people practicing yoga, women identifying to men identifying. And so it's become a place to heal from the overperformance and overachievement in the work sphere, which is obviously, if you're still with me listening to this introduction, you know that I care very much about. So at the end of the day, I really hope that practicing well, which includes these conversations on yoga lineage, on the scientific research on yoga, on equity in yoga, and generally on how to cultivate and harness and grow quality-based yoga conversations in the yoga community. That's what practicing well is about because the more we can, I can, my guests can share with you. And the more you can have a conversation with me and with us, all of us together about what practicing well looks like, not being well, not thinking well, not doing well every once in a while, but actually being in the practice of it. I believe that we can transform society and transform 
what it is that we call yoga and what people coming into it from the outside, let's say, who don't know much about it, who don't know much about mindfulness and yoga um, can actually understand. So this is the podcast. I hope you'll join me. You may be listening to this after you've listened to a couple of the conversations that I'm re-releasing here and or others that I have not yet had. It's just fascinating to me how we take in podcasts. I hope that you enjoy it. You like it. Review us, please share this with friends and, you know, open this wherever you do get your podcasts and please keep the conversation suggestions, the questions coming. I love all those things. And we'd love to just keep growing this conversation and community. This is again, practicing well. I'm Kim Weeks with Weeks Well, and we look forward to hearing from you and to seeing you soon. Namaste. Namaste.